Well, good morning, church. Good morning to all you diehards out there. And if you could hear my voice at the cafe, grab some food. Come on in here. You're, you're about to miss out on all the good stuff. I know it's good out there. No, come on in here. All right. Hey, and hello to all of you online. Um, so I hope you're having a good morning and you're getting yourself all set up and in a great, comfortable place. Pull the family around you if they're there, or maybe you're just snuggling in bed. And if you've joined us in person, thank you so much for being a part of the River Life family today. Whether you're new or old, or you've been with us for a long, long time, or these are your first few weeks, thank you so much for being here. And I also want to say Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you moms out there. And around River Life here, we do an inclusive Mother's Day. For, so for us, Mother's Day is a celebration of all of you, all of you aunties and grandmas and sisters and cousins and BFFs. For all who mother, thank you. Uh, and that includes all of you. Today we celebrate all of the amazing women we have around here uh, and in your families and in you. So thank you to you because there is somebody out there for whom every one of you women are a mother. And so thank you for mothering the people in your lives, within your family, within your friend circles, even here within the church. So happy Mother's Day to all who mother. And that especially includes all of you online as well. Happy Mother's Day. Whatever mothering looks like for you, thank you for all that you do. And so let's, let's light our candle. Um, as you might have noticed, if you're here last week, we, we, we relit up our cross here, and I'm really digging that to get that a little brighter. It's a great reminder. And, and I love I, I have some times in service where I'll, I'll just sit and stare at that as a wonderful reminder. And I love the, the big, bright cross behind me. And so, so that's a big version, and this is the little version. And so we light ourselves a candle every morning. Uh, in service as a reminder of God's presence with us. And that's a great blessing that, that has been used for millennia of remind, reminding us through lighting of a candle that there is light in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. And we also have a prayer. It's our opening prayer. It's a way to kind of get ourselves, shake off the morning and get ourselves centered for what's about to happen in the next hour and a half or so. So it'll be up on the screen. If you're online, go ahead and, go ahead and say this out loud. Pray this and everyone in, in person here. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, this service is about you. You are almighty and your glory is forever. I enter your presence because of Jesus. I invite your Holy Spirit to move freely in me. Help me worship you with my whole self. Open my ears to hear your voice. Open my heart and mind to respond to you. We ask this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Go ahead and stand. church and give life. You give life. You are love. 
Get a church all the earth.
sing, I cast my mind. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior.
church. Let's go to God together. Lord God, we praise the name of the Lord our God for all that you've done, all that you still do, and all that you will do, God. Lord God, you keep your promises, and you are faithful, and you are always good to us, God. So, Father, as we gather here to experience you, God, we just pray and ask that your Holy Spirit would meet us here and fill this room and fill our hearts, God. And, Lord God, I just want to pray a special prayer for the mothers today, Lord God, and for anyone who's ever shown any kind of motherly love, God. We pray and ask that you would continue to bless them and that today you would bless them tenfold, God. Father, we love you and we thank you. We pray and ask all these things in your holy name. You may be seated. Amen. Well, we've got a couple of videos here, that, and they made me smile and they made me laugh, and I wanted to share them with you. So this, this first one here is for all of you mothers. For all of you mothers with, with kids, especially littler kids at home, um, and maybe you were raised by your mom or your grandma and some of the things that you heard growing up, we all heard some of those same things. And so here's a little tribute to the things that mothers never say. I'm so bored. I wish I had something to do. <sighs> Thanks for letting me sleep in, kids. If you make a mess in the kitchen, please let me know so I can clean it up. Raising kids is so easy. I just love driving around all day. Oh, I never have to repeat myself. They always listen so carefully. Oh, look, an empty box of cereal. Love it. Just wipe it on your sleeve. It's pretty cold, but you don't need a coat. Oh, you don't have to push in your chair. Don't make your bed. You're just gonna sleep in it again later. I think I'll skip the coffee today. You know, these throw pillows look way better on the floor. I'm really not that busy. Well, you haven't showered in three days, but I think you smell great. We do have food at home, but let's just go out to eat. Just brush your teeth whenever you feel like it. Here, take my phone charger and go put it in your room. Oh, just leave your dirty dishes on the counter. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's all pull out our phones. Youth sports are so cheap. Braces are so cheap. School fees are so cheap. Hey, can you come crawl in bed with me around 2 a.m.? Thanks. Okay, I just spent two hours making dinner, but if you don't like it, that's fine. Just let me know and I'll make you something else. Don't even bother looking for that. I'm sure it's lost and gone forever. Can somebody please throw something at my head? I mean, I can keep track of every single one of your things. I get a ton of sleep. I get a ton of gratitude from my children. I get a ton of unsolicited help with the housework. Oh, you don't have to hurry up. We're gonna be right on time. Can someone please throw something at the TV? Thanks for doing the laundry, everyone. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Can you use your outside voice? Ah! Fight, fight, fight! The floor of this vehicle is so clean that I can't believe it. Oh, good. Another trip to the grocery store today. Let's go. Hey, I'm gonna hop in the shower. Does somebody wanna come use the bathroom while I'm in here? So happy Mother's Day to all the things that we have never, ever heard our moms say. And for all you moms, the things that have never 
uttered out of your lips. And so we, Mother's Day is a wonderful time to remember and to smile. And, and for some of us, Mother's Day is also a time to cry a little bit. And whether you've lost your mom or you've lost a child, and whether that was in, all, in any form of loss and death, and whether you lost a child way, way too early, whether you lost a child through miscarriage or abortion. Or sometimes, and for some of us, Mother's Day can be a hard time. Um, that's why we put extra Kleenexes around. Uh, that's why I've got one in this pocket, and this pocket, and that pocket, and that pocket. Um, as most of you know, I lost my mom a few years back, and uh, Mother's Day always has a time of a few tears for me, and, um, and I pray that this can be a time for you when you feel like crying that you can cry. For all of you, this is, this is a happy Mother's Day. For some of you, this is a sad Mother's Day. Maybe it's a longing to be a Mother's Day, and you've been trying and trying for so many years. And there's a part of you that loves the people around you having kids. And there's a part of you that resents them. Uh, we've been there. We understand what that feels like. So no matter what you're feeling on this Mother's Day, we're here for you. And we love you. And we celebrate and we grieve with you. So Mother's Day is a very diverse holiday. And so here's one more little video talking about all the different things that Mother's Day can mean to all of us. Mother's Day can be a happy day or a sad day, a day of celebration or of pain, of joy or of longing, or hope or of disappointment. Or maybe it's so much more complicated than that. You might be a birth mother, an adoptive mother, a grandmother, a foster mum, a guardian, a social worker, a mother figure, or longing to be a mother. You might have had a great mum, or not. You might be struggling as a mother, struggling to become a mother, or struggling with what could have been. You might be remembering mothers or children who are no longer here. Or celebrating the mothers and mother figures who are here. Wherever you are, whatever you feel, and whatever your experience of mothers, mother figures, and motherhood, today is for you. This Mother's Day, know you are not forgotten. You are remembered in the celebration and in the pain, in the joy and in the longing, as we say thank you to our mothers and mother figures for keeping going when it is hard, 
for all you have given up and taken up, for your encouragement, your love, your tears and your strength. Thank you. I'm Jeremy, the Kids Ministry Director here, and I just wanted to say real quick before we release, to all the mothers, thank you so much for everything you do, and thank you for giving us your children and trusting us to, uh, to teach them about the Word of God and to show them a little bit of Jesus' love. So at this time, we're going to release our kids and youth downstairs, so parents and guardians, if you'll escort your kids downstairs, thank you. Well, I am excited this morning because we're going to be introducing a new spiritual exercise. So we do these spiritual exercises every week, and, and it's to help us grow spiritually strong. That's why we exercise. It's to grow strong. And so that's why we do these in service. And hopefully it helps train you and show you and demonstrate for you some things that you can do on your own. And this, this is really special. As I, we've, I, I've been wanting to introduce a new creed into the into service here. And while I was researching, I found an amazing one. And so this is, this is known as the Maasai Creed. It's written by the Maasai people of East Africa around 1960. So obviously there are a whole lot of things different about this creed than the ones we've read in the past. Uh, and I wanted to give you a few of the reasons of why we're going to spend the next couple months reciting this creed together. So first, it, it has a completely different feeling than the creeds that have originated out of Western, uh, Western Christianity. Uh, and and I, I just loved it. I fell in love with it the, the moment I read it. That's one. And then second, while I absolutely believe it's important to rely on and trust those creeds that have formed the bedrock of the Christian church and have been fundamental to church history, I think it's also important to listen to the voices that have been excluded from church history. And I think the theology out of Africa is one of those. And then lastly, I think it does an amazing job of showing what a culturally contextualized creed or culturally contextualized theology can look like. And so, yeah, so I wanted us to, to do this today. And we're going to do it for the next couple months or so. And then we'll, we'll introduce another one of the, the creeds. And so this is, this is commonly known as the Maasai Creed. Uh, it's only about 60 years old. So as far as creeds go, it's fairly young. But it is amazing. And it is an absolute joy to read and for me, and I hope it will be for you as well. So it'll, this is your, obviously your first time seeing it. It'll be up on the screen for you online as well. Go ahead and read along. Uh, it's also a little longer than some of our creeds, and so this will be the only spiritual exercise we do because uh, so, it goes a little bit longer than some of the others. So let's, let's recite this out loud together. And so it begins with, we believe that's what a creed is. So let's recite this. We believe in the one high God of love who created the beautiful world and everything good in it. He created man and wanted man to be happy in the world. God loves the world and every nation and tribe in the world. We have known this God in darkness and we now know God in the light. 
He promised in his book, the Bible, that he would save the world and all the nations and tribes. We believe that God made good on his promise by sending his son, Jesus Christ, a man by the flesh, a Jew by tribe, born poor in a little village, who left his home and was always on safari, doing good, curing people by the power of God, teaching about God and man, showing that the meaning of religion is love. He was rejected by his people, tortured and nailed hands and feet to a cross and died. He lay buried in the grave, but the hyenas did not touch him. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. He ascended to the skies. He is Lord. We believe that all our sins are forgiven through him. All who have faith in him must be sorry about their sins be baptized in the Holy Spirit of God, live by the rules of love, and share the bread together to announce the good news to others until Jesus comes again. We are waiting for him. He is alive. He lives. This we believe. Amen. Good morning, River Life Church, whether here or online. It's good to be here with all of you. Um, I want to just take a moment and say a prayer for all our moms, all our moms-to-be, all our, oh, the women around us. Okay. Father, thank you that your word tells us that you are like the mother hen who, who draws us to you and that you love us tenderly. So thank you for that um, model for us. And thank you for the moms in our lives, Lord, whether it's a, an auntie, a grandma, a good friend, the person who gave us life, the person who nurtured us, helped us grow. Lord, we thank you for the moms. Lord, I pray today for those who are expecting that you would bless and protect them as they grow these babies. Lord, I pray for those who have lost a baby or um, are longing to be a mom. Lord, I pray that you are close to them and that your mother's heart touches their mother's heart, Lord. And Father, I pray for wisdom and knowledge and understanding and power and patience for all the moms, Lord, that you would allow them to show your love to their children, to their uh, nieces and nephews, and to everyone who, who looks to them for nurturance. Thank you, Father, for all our moms. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that you have been encouraged uh, by the series that we've been doing. This is the third week. We're on um, why a second campus grow, and that our focus has been looking at the reasons why we uh, have chosen and have been blessed by God to plant a second campus there at Brooklyn Park. 
Now, today we continue the series by looking specifically at how growth of the church is also good for you personally, for me personally, in our spiritual health. We're going to look at why our spiritual health needs the growth of the church. All right, so a long, long time ago, I took up running so that I could uh, run a marathon and finish. And here's a picture of me uh, with Greg and our sister Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Uh, and our uh, dad, Terry. Um, this is, was taken right after we finished the 2001 Twin Cities Marathon. Some of you weren't even born then. Um, but I had to train to run this marathon. So through the grueling six months of training, I hurt in places that I never even knew existed. So I figured that I would have to, you know, work up my legs so that they'd be strong and, like, get my lungs to a healthy place. But I had no idea that, like, my abs would have to get stronger, my, my uh, glutes, my neck. Uh, even my arms had to get stronger if I wanted to run well. Um, and worst of all, my mind had to get stronger. Because when you hit 21 miles and you're like, there's, there's five more, you know, you're like your mind has to be really strong. Um, but what, what I learned is that when each part of my body becomes stronger, the whole body gets stronger. And when I want my body to work effectively, every part of my body actually had to be healthy and get stronger. Well, it's a similar thing in the body of Christ, the church. Just this past January, and I think a couple times in the history of River Life, I have actually stood and preached about the body of Christ. Uh, looking at Ephesians 4, and then 1 Corinthians 12, um, because in these passages, the Apostle Paul looks at, uses the analogy of the body, the physical body, to help us understand what it's like to be the community of believers of Jesus Christ, this, this metaphor of the body. Well, today we're actually going to look at Romans 12, which is another place where Paul uses the body analogy. Um, Paul's writing to the believers in Rome, in Rome, and at that time, the, the believers were really divided because there were, Christi uh, there were Gentile Christians and there were Jewish Christians, and they just didn't get along. And so Paul's like, what is going on? You all belong to the same body. So this is where we pick up in Romans 12, verse 3 to 5. Here's what we read. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ... We, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Paul is basically saying that we are all interdependent. 
regardless of our background, regardless of what we do. But what happens is that when we come together as a body, because we're all connected to each other, when the body changes and grows, it kind of forces each member to also change and hopefully grow. Now, the thing about change is that it's hard. The thing about training for a marathon is that the whole body gets put through the ringer. It's hard. And because it's hard, it can cause us to wish for the old days, right? To what life was like before. And as we think about what we have done now with River Life planting another campus across the Twin Cities, I think that these changes can cause some of us to question whether change and growth is a good thing or not. It can cause some of us to become concerned that you're losing the church that you once knew, that the church that you came to love is, is changing and it's not there anymore. But here's what I think happens. When the church grows, you either grow bitter or you grow better. When the church grows, you either grow bitter or better. On a physical level, we understand this, right? Getting your body healthier is challenging. You're, you know what to do, but your muscles ache. Your stomach grumbles because you're not eating what it used to. And I don't know about you, but my mouth just craves sugars and carbs when I'm trying to eat better. So on a physical level, we understand this. On a spiritual and practical level, there are things that affect us too when the church grows. And so what are some ways that you and I, the church members, can grow bitter? What are ways that we can become bitter? And I've, I've thought of a couple. Um, so maybe there's complaining about not having the kind of, you know, worship time that we're used to because when we had a full band up here, it was amazing and the, the sound was different, right? And now you're like, what? Sometimes it's just Shong on his guitar. Um, or maybe it's that you're like, you look around and you're like, I, I miss Kong, my pastor. I miss Tang, my best friend. I miss family members. Um, and that missing actually turns into like begrudging the BP campus for taking them away from us. Or maybe it's that you look around and you're like, you have so many empty seats. We used to be packed. And now because we're spread across two campuses, our St. Paul campus is really small. Like, I don't like that. It's almost like starting over. Or maybe you're feeling unhappy that there are fewer people here to serve you and that some of our ministries are not thriving the way they used to because we have a shortage of volunteers. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not wrong to, to think some of these things and to even have some of these feelings. I've been there. But it becomes a bitterness if we... We camp there and we stay there 
And week after week, we look around and we're disappointed that the church expanded. That's where I, I don't want you to be. Now, thankfully, I've not heard anybody say these things. But, but if you're feeling them, don't worry. You can come and talk to us too and, and process it with us. But I think most of us are okay. and We're not bitter, which means we're getting better. And how are we getting better? How are you getting better because the church is growing? Let's go back to my running days. Um, I've always had weak knees, both of them, but especially my left knee. So when I started marathoning, I'm, I'm turning it into a verb because I ran two marathons. Um, when I started marathoning, my knees would hurt. And so my chiropractor had to actually teach me ways to massage the, the, some pressure points. And then I had to wear braces so that I could run. Um, I did that because my knees needed that extra help. And if my knees had given out or if they didn't work well or if they hurt too much, I would have stopped. I would not have reached my goal of finishing a marathon. I think in the, in the body of Christ, it's the same. That some of us are unable or unwilling to grow with the church because we hurt or because we, we are too comfortable where we are. But I believe there are ways that we can come around and understand how important it is that as part of the body of Christ, we all must work together. And that as the church grows, it is actually the opportunity for each of us to actually grow. I believe that my knees got stronger, not weaker, because I started running. So let's continue in Romans 12 to see what Paul says about this. In verse 6, he says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesied, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul was instructing the Roman believers to use their gifts that God had given to each of them and to not think, well, you're, you're a Jew, so you probably don't need what I have as a Gentile, or to say, I'm a Gentile, so my gift is probably not as good as yours, or whatever, whatever their hang-ups were. Paul says, because you belong to one another as one body, he stated earlier in verse 5 that the gifts we have also belong to each other. In, in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul would say that if, if you're the finger, you belong to the ear because you're, you're together. That would be the example. So whatever gift that you have, it actually doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the whole body. Not only that, but every member of the body has a part to play, and every part is important and necessary 
no matter how seemingly small the part. Now, in January, when I preached this, um, one of our members, and you know who you are, um, wrote and said, but I feel like I'm just the little toe on the foot. Can I tell you that I would not have been able to run a marathon without my little toes? The little toes bring stability in a way that the others can't. So the little toe is very needed, okay? Now, one of the most obvious results of our church growth uh, and the expansion to two campuses is that we have spread the original number of workers and volunteers from one place into two places, right? So our staff and volunteer numbers are much lower at each campus because we've had to kind of divvy up. In many ways, the work has doubled and the number of workers has decreased. That's kind of the reality. Um, speaking of that, have you ever heard of the uh, Pareto Principle? The Pareto Principle? You've probably heard of the 80-20 Principle or the 80-20 Rule. And basically, um, Mr. Pareto who discovered that 80% of outcomes result from 20% of inputs. In the church, here's what it looks like. The principal would say that 80% of the work of the church is done by 20% of the members. So 80% of the work done by 20% of the members. Unfortunately, this, this is the case in most churches all across the world, that a small group of committed people shoulder the bulk of the work and ministry in the church, while the majority of the people in the congregation sit on the sidelines and watch. Now, it begs the question of how does this phenomenon come to be? How does this happen in the church? Well, social psychologists have identified what they call the bystander effect. The bystander effect. And this is where there is a decreased likelihood of a person jumping in to help out when they look around and they see that there are lots of other people. If there are people here who, who can work, then I'm just going to watch because I'm sure somebody's going to volunteer. And in fact, the more people there are, the more likely the majority of the people will just stand by and watch. So if the smaller number, the people are more likely to volunteer. The larger the group, the less likely. And why is that? Well, so social uh, psychologists have also found that there's what they call the diffusion of responsibility. Diffusion of responsibility. This takes place when the bystanders feel less responsibility because all the people around them should take the responsibility. So if there are 10 of us, I only have 10% responsibility. If there are 100 of us, I only have 1% because there are 99 others of you. And so when everybody feels this way, what ends up happening is 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 
So that's one explanation for, for the 80-20 pr principle that's, that could take place. Now, as I was preparing the sermon, I came across this poem by an anonymous writer that I think captures this bystander effect and the diffusion of responsibility. So I'm actually putting it on the screen, and I'll read it for you. Okay, there is a clever young fellow named somebody else. There is nothing this fellow can't do. He is busy from morning till way late at night just substituting for you. You're asked to do this and asked to do that. And what is the ready reply? Get somebody else. I'm too busy. He can do it much better than I. There's so much to do in our service, so much, and the workers are so few. And somebody else is weary and worn, just substituting for you. So the next time you're asked to do something worthwhile, come back with this ready reply. If somebody else can lend time and support, you can bet your last dime, so can I. Okay, we often say somebody else will do it. I don't need to worry. Somebody else will do it. Well, there are fewer and fewer somebody else's around us to do more and more of the work. Now, if this is you, I'm not trying to lay a guilt trip on you because neither guilt nor shame can bring joy to your heart as you step up to serve. It is just not the way to recruit people. What I am endeavoring to do, though, is to invite you into full functioning in the body of Christ. You might feel like my knees, like, I don't want to run, but the rest of the body needs you, so we need to figure out ways that can, can strengthen you so that you can run with the rest of the body. You already belong to the body of Christ. Paul, Paul makes that point. Paul says that don't even think that you can exist on your own as a body part. You are already part of the body. What I'm asking you to do now is don't hold back. Don't hold back on your part. When the church grows, it is the best opportunity for you to also grow. Because when the church grows, you either grow bitter or better. When the church grows, you either grow bitter or grow better. Now listen to how Paul explains what better looks like. I want you to let these words soak in. This is what better looks like. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Many of us get stuck trying to figure out exactly what our gift is. And when we don't know the answer, then we step back and watch other people serve. But Paul says 
that it's more than a role you play in the body. It's being excited about God and gladly serving him. It's about being connected to other believers with sincere love, devotion, and practical help. All of us are instructed to participate fully in the life of the body of Christ. Now, what can your personal growth look like as River Life grows? I invite you to reflect on your excitement for God and your relationship to other believers. What needs to change in these two areas, your excitement for God and your relationship with other believers? What steps do you need to take in order to be fully connected to the body of Christ? I also invite you to step up and use your gifts to serve others. For both campuses to continue to grow and to bring hope, healing, and growth to more and more people in our communities and online, we need God's people to serve in vacant roles as well as in new and exciting ministries that maybe we haven't even thought of but that God is putting on your heart. I don't want us to follow the 80-20 rule. I don't want 80% of the work done by 20% of our people. I want 100% of us doing 100% of the work together. I believe it can be done. Now, if you are wondering at this point, where and how does River Life need me? Where can I serve? Or if you are wondering, what are the vacancies? What, what does River Life need right now? What are the volunteer opportunities? I invite you to come talk to me, come talk to Greg, talk to Alicia, talk to Sean. We have lots of ideas on where you can use your, your talents, your gifts. And if you, if God's put a ministry on your heart and you're like, oh, but River Life doesn't have that, that just means you need to come up and, and, and maybe start that ministry. So I invite you to fully participate in the life of the body. Let me pray for us. God, thank you that truly no person is an individual who is existing by themselves because when you call us into your family, we are members of one another. God, it's a beautiful picture that we are different body parts that have to work together for the whole body to be healthy and strong and to accomplish the goals that you have set for us. So, Lord, I pray for all the the little toes and the knees and the ligaments and the, the even the hair. People who are like, I, what do I do, right? Lord, you have called us all together. And you have given each of us gifts. So, Lord, I pray over your people that they would have the courage, the courage to offer up the gifts and talents that you've given to them so that the body of Christ and grow even more, and that your kingdom can expand in us first and then through us. 
to your glory, Lord. I bless your people in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, to reflect and sit and be with one another and with Christ, we're going to take communion together. So hopefully as you walked in, you received a little communion cup. And if you didn't, uh, we'll have some folks uh, coming around to help fill in some of these gaps if you didn't get one of these. Uh, and so they're going to be coming through those doors. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so does anyone still need one? Um, well, let me, let me read you a little um, poem that I found about communion this week. And, and I liked it because it, it had a certain mother's and motherly and mothering flair to it. And so this, this is a, an anonymous, sort of unattributed uh, paragraph that was written about communion. Has Christ provided such a blessed banquet for us? He does not nurse us from afar but feeds us with his own breast, nay, with his own blood. Let us then study to respond to this great love of Christ. It is true we can never parallel his love. Let us show love ourselves, be thankful. We can do nothing satisfactory, but may do something out of gratitude. Christ himself, Christ gave himself as a sin offering for us. Let us give ourselves as a thank offering to him. If a person redeems another out of debt, will they not be grateful? How deeply do we stand obliged to Christ, who has redeemed us from hell? And so shortly before Jesus died, he was eating his last meal, the Passover meal with the disciples. And he took two things, some bread and some wine that the disciples, Jewish disciples, were very familiar with, and he redefined them forever. And he said of this bread, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he said of the wine, this is my blood, which is shed for you. And communion, sometimes called the Lord's table, is open to everybody that remembers and celebrates and honors the body and the blood of Jesus. So if that's you... God welcomes you to this table. And maybe that's not you. You can be our guest at this table. And so we're still, we're, we're still doing the little prepackaged pieces. Pastor Kong and I were talking this week, and we're not quite ready to go back to the, the full bread and, and cups of juice. And so we're going to stick with this for a little while longer for safety. So let's start with the bread. Go ahead and open that up. And oh, and I, I forgot to mention for you for you at home, if run to the kitchen and grab some bread, grab something to drink, some juice if you've got it in the fridge, uh, orange juice will work ter perfectly fine. Go for it, grab something, and and so you can join us with communion. So friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the body of Christ broken for you. Eat in remembrance of Him. So 
next one is a little bit of juice. And so go ahead and peel this top off. This is the blood of Christ, which he shed for you. Drink this in remembrance of him. Let me pray. God, you sent your son to die for us. It should have been us. It's nothing we deserved. It solved a problem that we couldn't solve. But you sent your son to die for us. And we remember that. We thank you for that. And we celebrate that. That you are a giving, serving, sacrificing God. And that's one of the, the great mothering things you have done for us, Lord. That you have sacrificed greatly so that we could be in relationship with you. So thank you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all rise and let's all remember our Jesus with this last song. Jesus.
you can be seated. Well, we've got one more spiritual exercise today, and that's our offering. This is to build up our generosity muscle. And so I hope if, if this is your church home, I hope you're giving to the ministry here. And, and I want to tell you today what your giving did this week. Your giving fed 20 people experiencing homelessness and who are living in an emergency shelter in, in Anoka called Stepping Stone. And so here, we're going to go ahead and pass the, bas the baskets around. Uh, and I want to tell you that, that this is amazing. So this is through another church, a brand new church plant called Compassion Church. This is a church that we, are, we have kind of adopted. And I've been mentoring the pastor for over the past year, year and a half. And, and they, they actually, we've given them space at our Brooklyn Park campus to have an office because just like us, they rent a space just like when we started. They rent a space. And so he offices with us. He's a very good friend. And they partner with Stepping Stone, this emergency housing um, facility in Anoka. And this week, their head chef was on vacation. So they had nobody cooking for them. So they reached out to friends and partners to say, can people support us and provide dinners? And so we said yes. And we said yes because you give to River Life. We said yes because we believe in caring for the people who need help. And we said yes because we love Compassion Church and we're on their side. And so, so your giving, that wasn't us. That was your giving provided dinner some, which apparently was a huge hit. We got, some, we got some great Asian takeout for them. People were coming up for seconds, and it was, it was a huge hit. And so thank you. Thank you for, for giving to River Life. Thank you for believing in what we do, because your giving is making a difference, not just here, not just in St. Paul, but even for 20 folks who are in a rough patch in life over in Anoka. So thank you to all of you for all the ways that you give to River Life. Um, as always, I always want to tell you, you can give online, riverlifemn.com slash give. You can set up a reoccurring gift, set that up along with, with your paychecks, your, your payroll, and it's a wonderful way to give God your first. And so as we wrap up here, I want to give another thank you to all of you mothers to recognize you. And we've got some flowers for you as you exit um, as a little way to say thank you. And I know if you have kids here who went down to, to Kids Church, they're going to be bringing up a little something for you. And, and you've probably noticed these white roses. Uh, technically, they're cream roses. But uh, you might notice these up front. And so these are, these are some special flowers for uh, those of us who, for Mother's Day, has a little bit of sadness to it. Whether you've lost a mom or you've lost a child or you're, you're living with that grief of longing to be a mom, and whether you've lost a child that was born to you or lost one that was never born, um, these flowers are for you. So um, I take one each year because I always remember. And so these are for you. Come on up after service. Uh, if you'd like, to, if you'd like a hug, I can give you that also. Uh, if you'd like to give a hug, I'll receive those as well. So thank you to all of you. And 
we send you off with a blessing. And if this is a, a mixed day for you, this is a special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. We love you, church. We love you, church, at home. Have a wonderful day. And come grab a flower if you need a little extra love today. <laughs>